Hello, you're listening to the Hamilton Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hamilton Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're talking about selling high average order value products online and the things you need to do to maximize your success in this area. Let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Good afternoon, Mark. I'm okay. How are you? Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Tuesday morning. Another week, it's uh, yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, as in, as we're English, we have to talk about the weather first. The weather's all right. It's not raining. It's How's raining the weather in here. Chester? It's horrific. Is it? is it? Well, you should be seeing spring soon. When is spring officially? It's gone. It's it been actually... gone. You know, no, it has, we had, we it had an afternoon of sun, and then it. Be, it just the, went. the reason I'm asking you is because. On the uh, demo site, I've still got the pre-spring sale on it, and I know I'll have to change it at yeah. some point to be. In yeah, now you should change sale. it now. You should put spring sale. Yeah, spring then sale. Post spring. You haven't got the daffodils yet, though, have you? you got the daffodils? Yeah, yeah, the daffodils are here. Yeah, loads of them. Oh well, that's spring. Well, I've got the pre-spring yeah. sale on there. It's ridiculous. Come on, I have to go through my checklist today. Change it over. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk to this week, we're going to talk about uh, selling a higher average order value product because I've been working with quite a few people who sell some, some decent purchases here. So like a high average order value would be, I mean, really anything like over 500 bucks is, is a high average order value really for e-commerce, isn't it? But like mm. typically when we're talking about high average order value, you know, you're in the, you know, a lot of people sell things like $2,000, $3,000. What, I mean, what's the what's the biggest thing we've sold online, Ian? What's the biggest um, thing? I mean, I mean, certainly I seen transactions thought, of nine thousand dollars. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely think high. Of, yeah, four 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 to five thousand pounds. You know, Imagine what about that was. that art gallery? That art gallery we were we yeah, with. Yeah, they, they probably some, like. I mean, yeah, and the antique higher. dealers. Yeah, probably. I mean, I would say you know four four to five thousand pounds, which is. I don't know what six seven thousand dollars, you know. But I think yeah. anything, I think anything over, you know, the the five hundred pounds mark, you know, seven hundred dollars, a thousand. I mean, basically the av, you know, the average average order value, if you could ever have such a thing, I would say will be about eighty pounds, like ninety dollars, something like that. Mm. You know, maybe maybe a bit less. You yeah, know, obviously. You know, so you know, it depends. You know, but is there anything above that technically? But if you know, super stuff. I think really what we're saying here is, you know, super high average order value, like you know, a thousand, a thousand dollars plus. You know, yeah, and yeah, and the it does reason shift, it just shift the buying, doesn't it? Yeah, and the reason why we're classifying, you know, that you know, we're talking really about those much higher average order value purchase, and and it's not, and if you're if you're an e-commerce business and your average order value is less than that, you can carry on listening. <laughs> Because he's still gonna, it's still relevant for you, 
And um, but the reason why we thought wanted to talk about it was because it is slightly different, and you generally just have to go further into the main stuff that Mark and I often bang on about, you know, which is about convincibility or desirability, reducing the anxieties. That you just have to go much further because, quite simply, it's a bigger decision to make. You know, if you're going to go from you know, trying to get someone to spend a thousand dollars on a purchase, and like, well, they often don't go from never knowing who you are to buying on their first visit. Like, there's a whole step, a whole series of steps that mm. you have to go through before they're ready to buy, and that's really what well, we were I think, chatting about. I think before. there's a dis- there's a distinction to make between, like, if you're selling something for your own brand. Let's say you're you're, you're a brand of furniture and you're selling like a very at your own sofa, for example, right? Um, and it's like two thousand dollars. You're going to have to work a lot harder than than Apple selling a computer for two thousand dollars because of who Apple is and the brand that they have. So Apple is able to sell high average order value products at volume due to due to who they are and the brand equity that they they own in all our heads. And so what we're really talking about in this podcast is people who don't have the brand equity who want to sell something of a higher average order value because often that's that's that makes the job on the e-commerce site different and can can i shall i go through the first point yeah Ian, you ready so yeah like the biggest the biggest thing i find uh that the e-commerce sites do wrong with when they're selling a high average order value product is not making the most common buying method or path obvious and so i was working with a sofa manufacturer uh last week and uh, i think about 99 percent of people actually physically come into the um showroom and and buy and um and then there's a, there's probably there's a, there's a proportion of people that maybe book a, a zoom call and, and do it online or a teams call and, and do it like that uh, and, and get shown like that. But if you look at the website, the website is geared up as if it's like a normal e-commerce site and that you come to the commerce site and, you know, you buy a sofa and you check out and everything's humpty-dory. Hum, 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 well, I don't know what the word is. Everything's fine. Hunky-dory. Hunky-dory. Yeah. And so, but that's a mistake because basically as you're coming to the website as a buyer, you're going to have the same concerns that people, ha- that everybody has, the same concerns that, you don't want to buy online because of this X, Y, and Z, or you need these things to be reassured. And you're being forced to go down a route, or you, it feels like you're being forced to go down a route you don't want to go down. And so if you find yourself where 80% of people actually inquire and you then have a bit of back and forth with them, then that's your primary route to a sale. And you want to make it make it bloody obvious on the website that that's how people buy. Because... Yeah, sure, you want to be in a position where people just rock up and buy stuff, and you, you're not going to take that option away from them. But the, the main mechanism, the main path where people buy is the, is, the, is the path you want to present on the website. And once you understand that, so for example, like on the product page, on this product page that I was looking at, the biggest button on the page is the Add to Basket button. Well, actually, 90% of people don't do that who end up buying. They actually book an inquiry or they actually get a swatch. And, and, and in fact, they probably don't get a swatch until later on. And so 
making them inquire about the product or ask a question about the product is actually the first thing you've got to do. So mm. it's kind of breaking it down into like, how do people buy this product? This is how you buy from us. This is how you do it. And then secondly, this is the first step. And the first step needs to be, you know, effectively, you're not trying to shove a cake in their face. You're giving them a taste of the cake. Do you want to taste the cake? Would you like a sample of cake? Yeah, I would. And you say, okay, no, do you like that? Okay, have a slice. Okay, have a mm. slice of the cake. Do you well, want a whole cake? It's a bit like going into... It's a bit like going into a car dealership. You know, if you if last time you went into a car dealership and you, you know, and you'd never seen the car before and it's like mm. you know, it's like just go and buy it straight away. I mean, you know, and and, and assuming there's been no warm up happening at all. Um Well, well if you think you about know, it, when you, as you said that, I got this vision of a vending machine with cars in it and effectively like it, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Like going instead of having a car salesperson where you can go and try the cars and all that kind of stuff and and try them for a weekend and stuff, you go to a car dealership. It's a giant vending machine. You have to press A two in and get your car. It pops out the bottom. Like that's what an e-commerce site is for a big high average order value product. It just doesn't make well, sense. Well, there's a step in. There's just there's, there's obviously a step in between. You know, actually, funnily enough, Tesla is quite interesting because when you go and buy a Tesla. You uh, you can actually just buy it on a website, um, and when you go into the showroom, you know they actually configure it on the website, and then you go and buy it with your credit card. But but like there's a multitude of steps before that happens. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and, and sometimes the step. What was I say? Some, can I just sometimes the step is the next step is get the email. You know, and, mm. and it's like, you know, if you're trying to sell a sofa for, you know, five thousand dollars. Um, you know, they're not going to land. And this is probably, just, you know, to make an extreme point, they're not going to land on the website for the first time of never hearing about you, don't know who you are, and buy in that session. You know, it's yeah. going, to, there's got to be, you know, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to be aware that, you know, it might take, the higher the average order value, not always, but the higher the average order value, the longer the buying window. And what we mean by buying windows, the longer it takes people to decide who they're going to buy from, whether or not they're going to buy at all. Like it takes longer. So if you, yeah. you know, if you're going to buy, um, and like not always, but it does tend to be the higher, higher the average order value, the, you know, the more convincing it takes. You know, mm. the longer the longer people pontificate over that decision, should I, should I not? And really, you, you, you've got to try to get the email address. Or start that step, because if you if you just go for hey add to basket, you know they're not they're like they no like why would I add to I'm not ready to add to basket. I'm, I'm miles away from that. You know, there's a whole step of you know of warming up that's got to happen. I know, also think going to do that. I also think that the that that once you know that once you know you've got to get the email address, the second mistake people make is like trying to do the normal thing that they common site and just says I'll get. Get ten percent off your first purchase, or or whatever it is. Whereas, mm. when it's a really big purchase that you're not sure you want yet, like getting a ten percent off the purchase is 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 completely irrelevant. So, like if if I'm looking at um, a sofa, like I'm only going to want to get that discount when I'm convinced that I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy it, because otherwise it's going to be you know it's going to be completely irrelevant to me at that point. And so therefore, the data capture needs to be much more aligned to where I am as a buyer when I come onto the website, uh, which 
could typically be much further back from the sale than than an on an e-commerce site. So, like another thing that people try and do is is they try and sell swatches. Now, swatches work very well on certain websites. So, if you're selling flooring or tiles or even fabrics, then swatches seem to be a very good thing to to send out because it, 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 people are in that job to be done and they want to buy it. Whereas for a suit, like a really high-end suit or a sofa, often often a swatch is it's too early because they haven't decided that they want to buy from you yet, which is the, the decision they need to make. Whereas if you're on like a really big fabric site and it's got all the fabrics you want and they're selling all sorts of different fabrics, they know that they're going to buy a fabric from you. So they're just deciding which, which swatch to get sent. Same thing with like a flooring website, like their local flooring site is probably going to have most of the brands that, that are sold for flooring. So therefore yeah. you're just choosing a swatch to buy from them. So you've just, you've kind of almost decided who you're going to buy from. But whereas if it's a high-end suit manufacturer or a high-end sofa manufacturer, they haven't decided they're going to buy from you yet. And therefore you've got to do some work yeah. to put the, put yourself so what into you the do, right so place. You do something like what we so, so I remember that the, the chap we were working with who was selling, you know, $6,000 suits, you know, we said that, um, you know, you can download our, our, our book. We've written a book on the seven secrets to make you know, seven successful secrets you need to, to know when you're, um, when you're choosing a suit. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. was, you know, and they could put, is that, so, so, I mean, I'll put you on the spot. I mean, I've just given you an example there, but can you think of, can you think of somebody, someone else was selling, okay, maybe uh, boats or, you know, dinghies for $7,000 or sofas for $5,000 or something, something, a real big ticket item. How well, I'll pick do the you boat get one. the email? I'll pick yeah. the boat one. So say when someone's going to buy a, a, a boat and it, like a, a, and it's, um, it's a, they sell these kind of racing dinghies, these, these lasers and things like that. I would probably, my lead capture would be, um, you know, like the seven, uh, the seven mistakes I was making that stopped me from winning the local club regatta um, you know, or something like that. Then like the, you know, four time local club uh, winner uh, admits the seven mistakes that he made that slowed his boat down something like that because you know i know that everybody buying a laser dinghy i mean this is an industry i know quite well um like they all want to win the races they want to win, win the local races at the local local club and like there's some guy saying there were seven things i was doing that slowed my boat down these were the secrets and then i won i've won four times in a row or something like that like that yeah. would be absolute kind of like yeah okay. i want to know that that kind of stuff so and what you, about um what about like you know Facebook groups as well, throwing that into the mix. Okay. Yeah, so um, the, the, a Facebook group is what we call a warming mechanism. So it's kind of separate in that, not separate, but you'd want to capture the email address as well. So you want to capture the email address and you'd want to get them into your warming mechanisms. Well, I would, can I just, can I just pick you up on a point? Like, like what, what we've essentially said so far is that you need to have something in the middle between them going, landing on your site and then ultimately buying, which could be like a, you know, a month or two of, yeah. of time. You, you've got to have something in the middle. And so the email, the seven mistakes, the, you know, the, you know, what the four times champion, the Facebook group, they're all things in the middle. They're all warming mechanisms, aren't we? It's an easiest yeah. step to people go to. Like you've got to go where they are. Mm. So I would say it is. They're all warming mechanisms. 
Yeah, they're all they're all warming mechanisms because, and and one of the biggest thing you need to do with the warming mechanism is you want to warm up the person that they're going to buy from, and it, and and one of the mistakes that people make is they think that they don't want to put themselves into the business because then they won't be able to sell the business. And I've actually seen the opposite. I've actually seen that that often the more the time they put themselves into the business, the more the, more the business grows, the more saleable the business mm. becomes. Even even so much so where it's like Joe's furniture store has been sold and it's no longer run by Joe. And it, it, it you know they've just sold. Big dog. It. Yeah, big dog. Yeah, that's um, the example. And so, like when you've got a big purchase the more you can kind of get them to th think they're buying from somebody that they know and that they trust, the more you're going to get the sale. Because like, take that sofa business, for example, he knows that when he gets them into a room with them, he's pretty much going to sell them a sofa. And so therefore, in order to get them into a room with him to sell them a sofa, they have to trust that he's a nice person. And in order to trust that he's a nice person, they have to get to know him before. Hand. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like you and I with this podcast, by the time, people come to talk to us on the phone. They feel like they know us very well because they've heard us prowl onto each other for, uh, for, for years. Um, and th they feel comfortable with our voice. And so therefore you need a warming mechanism that kind of warms them up to you well, as people in the business, because well, that's I'd who they're going to buy from. Right? Mm. I say this, I think with, you know, the higher the average, average order value, you know, the, the more risk, there is potentially for the customer because there's more to lose if it goes wrong because it's more money mm. and and so what what they want more than anything is is trust and credibility and what does bringing the founder or the you know the the, the team the founding people be within the e-commerce business if we bring that out it obviously shows personality and it shows trust and credibility which is what a brand is anyway that's what a brand yeah. is so it's a kind of shortcut to doing it and I think even if, like, I think that is the worry that, oh, you know, if I build, if I build this e-commerce business around us as the founders, you know, that it's, that I'm going to be stuck and I won't be able to sell it. And I think, I, and I, I definitely, you said no, and I agree with you completely that it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're stuck, you can't sell it. Because if people ever, if people ever buy your e-commerce business, you know, the, the rest of the team is built on the foundations of Dave and how he did this. And he mm. built, you know, we're all living his legacy and what it is. You know, and it's a set of norms and aspirations and values. So it's like a shortcut. Look at to Ford. Credibility. Ford is built around yeah. Ford. You know, he died in the storm. Yeah. Massive, aren't they? You know, it's you. You can't be afraid of 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 putting yourself into a business. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't trap you there. So yeah. The the other thing about big uh, average order values is that there's going to be a big drop or disconnect between the what you see in google ads and what you see in facebook yeah. ads and and the overall sales and you can't run them in the normal way particularly if your sales cycle is like 40 days or something like that because they're not good enough to know where the sales comes comes from so you have to run like a drop by drop report which is you know managed to spend and then overall new customer sales over a longer period and you just have to you basically have to trust um, and move forward in, in increments so that you'll go, right, well, we spent this much this last month and we got this many sales a month after, and this is how much we spent before, and this is what's happened. And what you're looking for is, is leading indicators that will give you an idea of what's going to happen. So, you know, um, and, and you've got to be careful with leading indicators because let's say your leading indicator is emails captured. 
right? So emails captured could be a leading indicator because therefore, you know, you're driving people from Google ads and people, you know, on average, those emails are worth this much to you because they turn into this many sales or this many, this many swatches sold. The trouble with leading indicators sometimes is if you go and do something like a giveaway on Facebook or a competition or something like that. And then your leading indicator, which is normally, you know, saying how many emails did we get from the Google ads traffic for people typing in massive sofa, for example, um, is going to be very different than people who enter a competition. So I like to lose my leading indicators to work out my sustainable traffic sources, such as Google ads or Facebook ads, knowing that they are both conversion campaigns, people who actually would likely buy, and then working out how, what, how many emails I'm getting from that traffic. I don't bring yeah. into that leading indicator anything that is kind of frivolous, like a a, a competition, competition or stuff, stuff. Like that. You say, you're basically doing that because it's much quicker to measure. Because yeah. if you let's because if the because the buying window is a lot longer for a higher average order value item normally, like a, like a sofa or a garden furniture set, it might be like two months. Yeah, you know. So by the time you've run the ad, you know, on day one, and they buy eventually on day sixty, there's no way. You can, and also they probably buy on a different device. They pass the phone. They what? They send a link on WhatsApp to the partner. You know, they go and look at it on the laptop later on. They come back and buy it on the iPad. Like, there's no hmm. bloody way you're going to track that back to the paid ad that's going to come. So you, you like, and that's why Mark's saying, you know, is there a faster way we can see what effect our, you know, our ads are having? You know, yeah. and, that, and that's. It's just this, this, we've learned that to our detriment, haven't we? And we remember working with a, you know, a big, a big furniture company years ago. And we like looked at all their ads on Google, you know, and we were like, right, these are all rubbish. None mm. of them are driving. <laughs> we'll just cut this. No, cut this. There was no connect connection with what yeah. was being sent, bent on Google, and what was actually coming in forty days later. It was very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, so you are looking for leading leading indicators that will give you at least an idea of what's going on. So you don't get into it for 40 days time and just suddenly goes, ah, that was crap. That doesn't, that didn't yeah. work. So, you know, like time on site is, is, is an important one as well, because if you're sending traffic and the new traffic is only spending, you know, a minute on site and normally your, your, your initial buyers tend to spend three minutes on site, you know, that they're not as good quality as, as, as you were getting before. So, you, you look for those leading indicators and then ultimately you still have to have a bit of a finger in the air approach to increasing, increasing spend mm. and making sure the spend's coming in. You but, know what I'll say, I'll say as well, just going back to that warming up, you know, element where we say like, put them in, you know, ha have something that you can take these, you know, these, these, these buyers into this sort of warming, warming, pro like the email or the Facebook group. Mm. And cause, cause often there's a, there's a trigger. Like there's, you know, there's a job to be done. So let's take a sofa, for example. You might say, oh, there's a job to be done. People want, people want a nicer sofa. Obviously, mm. that's the ultimate job. They want it to look amazing, want it to be really comfort, they want it to be great. But then, then like they could probably make do with what they've already got um, for a little bit longer. But there's often a trigger. And the trigger might be that you're having a dinner party or, you know, the family's coming around on the weekend or there might be something that's triggered or Christmas or a birthday or an anniversary, you've got people coming around to the house. Like, so unless, so unless you've got them on your, your you know, your, 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 your audience, you know, you're in that warm, 
you know, you've got nothing. To, like you want to take that. That trigger has to come. Um, and I think that's important to know. Like, what's the job to be done in your space? So it, it might be a, a suit. It might be job to be done is you don't want to look fantastic on a night out. The trigger might be you're going to a wedding, you know, mm. or you're going to, um, you know, a job interview. So you've got to think about those. And it's two separate things, you know, yeah. in a way, because you grow your email address with the, you know, with the warm pen, and then you flush the almost buyers out with that trigger. Yeah. 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 And it, you want to always think about the core demonstration visually of the core anxiety. So like, what if what is it that they need to be demonstrated so for high-end art it's the it's the certification of authenticity for for sofas it's the comfort is it a comfortable sofa because they can't actually see that you know like what is the core anxiety you need to remove and you need yeah. to do that in a very easy simple way that is is very believable so you've saw for the sofas that 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 girl diving from a height from a swing onto a nice comfortable sofa you know with the with the art art thing you um, site, you have a clickable link that goes to a third party site that shows the authenticity of the of the art. You know, it's things. I mean, you like basically that. just got to go further. I think you, you know, when I said before, you know, the people can, who listen to this who have a have a normal average order value, you'll still learn from this because it's just with a higher average order value, you've got to go further into the normal stuff. And mm. it's like because it because it, it's obviously going to you know it's more money. It's a thousand dollars versus something for a hundred. So. You, you know, there's mm. more risk there for the customer, so you've got to lean deeper into it. And I think we were, we were chatting um, before because we were working with a mattress company, and it's like you know that's a big item. You know, it's like maybe eight hundred dollars, thousand dollars for a mattress for the bed, and it's like it's really interesting the story that that client was telling us about about the uh, you know this, I think it was Ember mattress or Simba mattress or one of those like the big the big. Um, mattress company and how how they 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 said well we need to de-risk this you know we need to de-risk this purchase for this for this cook like the thing they're really worried about to buy this mattress is well what happens if i don't like the mattress that's the biggest risk isn't it i've gone to the effort of buying the mattress you know well i don't like it gonna be a nightmare and so that's when they came up with this you know this sleep um promise you know 30 day free sleep trial Mm, i think they're even longer than now aren't they well, they well that's the that's the the nice bit of the the little story is that you know every time they increased the 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 returns policy of the sleep, so it went up from thirty days to sixty days to one hundred and twenty to two hundred forty. Like they kept increasing the amount of this sleep. Like you could try it at home for sixty days, you know, no, you know, and you could return it then completely without any any risk if you didn't like it. And the cool thing was that not only did it increase the conversion rate every time they added more days to the uh, to the sleep sleep track you know free trial um it actually reduced the returns mm. and that was also the fun bit because and, and we we're like well, why why the hell did that happen why would you know if you if you take it to because obviously the worry is that if you increase it from a 30-day sleep free what was it? Bloody hell! A free a sleep trial, a sleep trial. Thirty days. If you do it from a thirty days to a sixty days, you know, you know, you like, oh my god, we're exposing ourselves to increased returns. You know, people are going to return, and it's like, no, no, they didn't, because it removed the anxiety. Because if you think about it, if you were if you were sitting there on like day twenty eight, day twenty nine, I think, oh god, got to return the sofa. What should we do? But there's no, the thing. we better return it. I'm anxious think... about it. 
And all of a sudden, if it was then 60 days, you go, well, I've got loads of time. I don't need to worry about this. And so you just remove that anxiety of returning it. So it reduced the returns rate and increased the conversion. Can I, I want to come in there. I want to come in and say something interesting there. Well, at least I think it's interesting because I think that a mattress particularly is something that you are sleeping on every night and it's difficult to return because you've got to, you've got to get a replacement. It's very difficult for you to kind of go, oh, let's just get rid of this mattress and let's, you know, because you don't tend, you tend to have got rid of the old one, you know? So like, and and they tend to, they can tend to have very long, um, you know, sleep on it for 160 days. But I think with the sofa, you have to be a bit more careful and I think that there's a there's a kind of law of, law of diminishing returns into making it loop super long. So like I wouldn't go for like three six five on a sofa because it's quite easy. Let's say someone buys a really expensive sofa, right, and then they overextend themselves, and then they suddenly suddenly go and see they suddenly get themselves into financial difficulties or whatever, or somebody needs some money. They'll see that sofa as a, as a financial asset that they can send, and they'll just go, well, we only we only need one sofa in that room. Let's send it back. So I think you've got to be careful with certain products that are easier mm. to return that you don't extend them too long because you could get yourself into a situation. It's like, look at made.com. They had like a 365 day returns policy. They got like all those liabilities of those things that could come back at any time. And to be honest, I don't think people need a 365 day returns policy. I think they only need like most people are no- normally getting 30 moving to a 60 mm. It's probably long enough, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you, what, what we're saying is you've got to de-risk it. And I don't think yeah. made.com went bankrupt because of their 365 returns. They went, they went, they got in trouble because they didn't have the cash to pay for the, for the increased containers and the people that had stuff on back. Yeah. And, and I, I know that's cash, why, but, I know that's why, but, it's, but, what, but I, what I'm saying is, is if it was me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want people thinking they got you're these saying, assets in their you're houses. Saying you don't do. think, yeah. You're saying that you don't think that would move the needle enough to, to pay for any increased risk. Of well, returns. I just, I'm just a nervous person be sitting there thinking bloody hell, I could have like, I'll four... be like, Mark, we're doing three, six, five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, you know, the economy hits a downturn and then suddenly we get like four million pounds worth of, of sofa returns. Well, I have to say, do you know what's funny? Like on our demo store, I have to say that, you know, we, we this sounds bad, but we deliberately didn't take too much notice of what our customer service team was saying when it came to returns. And and what I mean by that is customer service team was saying, um, we need to, uh, we're getting, um, we get, people are trying to return this, you know, they're trying to send, you know, they, 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 you know, they want, the, they want a refund. We're like, great. Like, you know, so that we, we had like a 60 day, you know, no cover guarantee. And they were like, so well, we need to, we need to hide that. I'm like, no. You know, and we, I mean, I think basically I said, yes, that's fine. Great. Great. Obviously did nothing. Because well, we to be, knew. To be honest, the people working would... in, they'd never had any returns before because they never worked in consumer. So they weren't used to it. Yeah. And so therefore they were kind of reacting to it. And the more you work in, you don't, if you're in an e-commerce business, the first thing you want to get out of is support because one annoying customer will start dictating your entire yeah. policy. And like, you know, the guy that, that, that we, that we, we partnered with on, on that, he went into, into returns and like one, after two days in, he was like, no, let's get rid of the returns policy. Let's stop this. No one could do free returns. It was like, no, I hate the customers. And it was like, no, no, just, just come back out of that department <laughs> and we'll sort yeah. it out. 
don't sit. If you're in the, if you're an e-commerce manager, business owner, don't sit next to your customer service team. Yeah, because they because the the negative customers have a, have a disproportionately loud ear, mm. you know, voice. I mean, they have a disproportionately loud voice in your in your business, and it's very very mm. easy to hear them. And if you listen to them all, you know, you'd be like putting big red warning signs all over you your e-commerce mm. website, saying, "Sorry, we get we don't guarantee to deliver anything ever." <laughs> no. Anyway, we've got to be careful. We better we better wind this up. But there's a couple of points I want to make just before we finish that I haven't covered. And obviously, one of those interest-free credit, fluid payment terms, they're 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 very important for for bigger ones. Um, yeah. Another technique I've seen that work very well is creating an owners club, and then you know giving people who buy a swatch or even sign up to the email list temporary access to the owners club to ask questions in that, which is almost like a live testimonial on steroids, you know, because it's kind of like, oh, you want to buy this really amazing sofa, come into our owners club and ask our owners what they like. And they were all the owners love them. And they go, gosh, that's a bit better than just what reading Trustpilot reviews, you know, because they can ask yeah. specific questions. And that could be done with like a yeah. Facebook group. Um, and I say, I think generally, I think, you know, just on that one is too, it's like, don't expect people to go, you know, straight to your website and buy. You got a higher average order buy. I mean, I remember looking at um, at the channel breakdown with it. You know, this was this was a company selling up eight hundred pound fashion item, mm. and you know they had like you know the amount of times it was like twelve times people came to the website before they bought, mm. and every single one of them was email, nearly yeah. email. Like you do lots of time. They come to the website, have a look. They go back. They come to the website, have another look. And then they go back. Like it went round and round and round and round. Like there's so much of that sort of should I, should I not, should I, mm. should I not. There's a lot of that decision making. Do I want this one? Do I want that one? Do I want it at all? You know, and, and it's like you, you you just just be a little bit more patient with it. Yeah. And just yeah, keep that keep it going. And the last thing I want to talk about is that a lot of time when it's a big expensive purchase people have concerns over the delivery process so we work with a, a really big antique company and what we made them do was say because basically they had this kind of like try at home service where you could get this huge antique for like 20 grand or whatever it is and then you could kind of have it in your house and see where it would go and of course that was a great service they had their own delivery people they had their own people that came around your house and placed it for you and so we said well you're not that's a massive added value of buying from you, but you're not showing it. So they, they did a video where, you know, they, you know, they say someone buying something on the website, getting delivered from the warehouse in their own bespoke um, delivery vans with their own delivery team, knocking on the, the, the person's door, carrying it into the house, the per, moving it around the house and showing where it would go. It was like really showing the delivery process and how, how, how comfortable the delivery process was that made a massive difference. Now, obviously, you can't do that for everything, yeah. but if delivery is a is an anxiety, like really go into like a video of what's going to happen yeah. when it's when it's purchased and what's going to happen and how we're going to communicate and all that kind of stuff. It just gives people peace of mind that you're not just going to dump a twenty thousand pound or twenty thousand dollar piece of furniture on someone's doorstep and and yeah. uh, stick a delivery note leave. on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just go further into the anxieties than you are than you would normally do. Yeah, really go and think about what would people worry about. What and obviously you have to go into your anxiety analysis. Yeah, yeah. You know, go and look at those in much deeper. You know, but obviously, yeah, it's great. Great thing about average order value is the average order value is a thousand dollars. You know, it means you can be quite aggressive with your marketing as long as your margins are reasonable. 
you know, because it, it you know, the economy is, you know, the economy is a scale of that. They are often the fastest growing e-commerce sites. It's much easier to scale a, a high average order value product than, than a low average order product because just of the, you know, one sell is worth 10 to other people. It's, it's yeah. that powerful. And it's, and it's less pick and pack, less mm. people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, better wrap that up, Ian. I've got to go on to okay. the other meeting. So thank you very much, guys, yeah. for listening to us. And uh, we'll see you all uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you Thanks, much. Mark. Cheers. Bye.